Hey, I'm Daniel, a political activist and campaigner turned management consultant turned coach. And this is PolitikWise, the podcast where politics meets personal development. Let's face it, it's easy to criticize those in politics. But being in politics is not an easy ride. And yet for many who make the leap, it's worth it. They can make a real difference. So how can we have both? How can we make a difference while at the same time showing up as the best version of ourselves? It's a question that's been with me for the last 20 years. First, when I started out as an activist leading an NGO, then when I did a PhD in politics, and later when I quit my job in consulting to help build up a political movement and run an election campaign. And today, as I coach young leaders who want to make a difference while staying true to themselves. I know the answers are out there, so join me on this podcast. We'll hear from political leaders, from psychologists, neuroscientists, philosophers about their findings and experiences. And together, we learn about the ideas, mindsets and tools of wise people in politics and beyond. Let's go. My guest today is Clara Völler. Clara is president of the Young European Federalists in Germany, That is a political youth organization promoting the strengthening and the democratization of the European Union, building it towards a European Federation. I had the pleasure to be involved in that NGO years ago, and so it's a real pleasure to talk with Clara, who is leading this NGO today. And Clara shares the ups and downs of being at the helm of a large NGO, what's so energizing about taking responsibility and what she has learned about leadership and herself. Clara, welcome to the podcast. I'm really happy to have you on. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Clara, it's really cool always to talk with people who are active in the same organization that I and I've, I've been also active in about years ago in the Young European Federalist Movement in Germany. You're the president of the Young European Federalists in, in Germany. And uh, perhaps can you tell us a little bit about your personal story of how did you get into the Young European Federalists? Yes, of course. Thanks for the question. Although it's for me, it's always a bit of a tough question because I think it's various stories coming together. But I think the essential part is that I always was very interested in politics. And since quite some time, so I joined Jeff. In, in 2019 but before that also doing school and doing my studies I always felt the need to to do something about the various crises and problems that we had in this world however I never felt I found an organization or something where that really interested me or where I would, where I would say okay that's that's cool that's that's what I wanted to do and also I never felt that much connected to any party or to any specific party but then some someday I, I found out about Jeff and that mostly because I simply had friends who were active in that organization so as with any I don't know sport organization like if you join a football team or something you mostly join there because your friends are there or other people you like you find cool and that was the same thing with me and Jeff and then they told me about it and then I discovered that that would actually be a very interesting yeah organization to join and to, to be active in this again this non-partisan perspective but active for a topic Europe European integration, European democracy, the future of Europe, that very much interested me and, and where I had the feeling that I really, yeah, 
should do something in there also because I remembered that, for example, during the financial crisis, I felt very much connected to, to young people in, in Southern Europe, because if you remember there, there was a situation that a lot of young people, yeah, there was a huge youth unemployment during that time. And I remember I was still in school when, when all that happened, but I, I thought that this was really unfair, that I, as a young German girl, didn't have so much of these, of these problems. And that's, I think, is where it was one of the first moments where I felt that the, the European connection of, of the problems and also of young people there. And then there were all these other crises. So, for example, asylum and migration, there was something that really, yeah, that really struggled me a lot in the sense of that I couldn't understand, and I, I cannot understand until today, how Europe, that place that for me feels, feels so much like home and, and, and peace and safety, but this place is, is treating people or, or letting people die in the, in the Mediterranean. So there I very much felt the need to, to engage and to, be, to become active. And then Brexit happened and all the rising of right-wing movements. And I felt even more danger because I was like, okay, that's going to happen. And if more right-wing and fascist movements are going to, to rise, then eventually this year will really break down. So yeah, that's how in the end I really... I couldn't stop myself from from joining that organization. Yeah, so that this is really cool sentence. There, you couldn't couldn't stop yourself from joining from joining Jeff. And when I listened to your reasons, like there was a lot of also dissatisfaction, right, with politics and the state in Europe. And this was a motivation for you to say, I have to do something about it. But often, you know, when we talk to to people who are disenfranchised from politics, who are not taking responsibility, we also hear similarly perhaps this dissatisfaction, right? Like perhaps even the same things that you mentioned, only that you took the decision to say, hey, I want to do something about that. Any any thoughts of what's the difference here? You know, people like, and speak from your own perspective, if you like, to say, and then I want to do something about it, versus perhaps others to say, and that's why politics in the broader sense, it's nothing for me. I don't want anything to do with it. That's an interesting question. I think I always knew that the problem wasn't Europe or the European Union in its existing, but rather in the way it was organized or like it functions today. So I studied political science also mainly for the reason to understand how politics work and also to understand why certain things are not working and, and what to improve about that. And that's also, also the thing that, that I found so, so cool and so interesting about Jeff, because Jeff is proposing a vision that just makes sense. So what Jeff is saying that, that there are all these problems in Europe and that all these problems are, are somehow connected and that a solution lies also within the reform of the, of the institutions as per se in, in Europe. So, for example, that, of course, you have to strengthen democracy simply because democracy is one of our core values. So if, if we want to take us as citizens very seriously and want to have a say about the future of Europe and about these certain policy issues, you name them, whatever interests you the most or whatever troubles you the most, then you should be able to engage in a, dem in a democratic way in what the European Union is going to do about that. And I think in understanding that the problem lies there, I never, I never felt disconnected 
from from politics i just thought they're not done in the right way at the moment so that's maybe that's a difference that that i really took it to myself following this this narrative about if you want to change something then then be part of that change and i took that very seriously so that's why i'm here and yeah. i until now i never regretted it yeah and then you did something about it you joined you joined the organization you had also friends in the organization can, can you give us a, an insight into how did you move from getting active in perhaps small projects little roles that you had here and there and then up to where you are right now leading obviously together with a team but still you know formally you are leading the organization you're at the head of a board of a nationwide organization just so like I guess 3,000 members. Yes. 2,000. Yeah. Two, okay. 2,000 members. Four. 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 No, no, ah, four. Okay. Yes. So four. I would have hoped that because I think back in my time it was three. So 4,000. 4,000 members. Yes. How, how did you make that uh, progression? What what happened between doing something small to, I guess, what is now like a serious commitment from you on, on your part? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting question as well. Also, because I think I'm not. I do not have the typical story here. So I like what I mean by that is that I joined in 2019 because I very much liked the organization. I just felt that I wanted to become part of it. That was also during the European elections in that time. And then a couple of months later already, I was running to become a board member. So of the national board mm. and only one year later, I was running to become the president. And in fact, this story, like I, I had a lot of trouble sometimes or, or I had a tough time understanding that this was okay, that me being a rather new member of that organization can also become active on the, on the national level already. But that was, and that's until today, one of the most beautiful things I discovered for myself in, yeah, in, in, in youth organizations or in Jeff. It's simply that the people trust you that they trust you that if you want to, if you have an idea and you have motivation and that this motivation is sincere, then they give you the power to do something and to, yeah, to make whatever your, your vision for that organization is. So I started with small projects. Yes, kind of, but I always, or I also had this idea of what you could do on the, on the national level. So for example, I, I, already had a quite good understanding of how politics work, especially on the national level. So I could see that this was something where I could join. And I understood that you do not have to, to enter on the very grassroots level and then go all the way up, like as you have to, to kind of work for it, but that you can, can, can become active wherever it suits you the most in this very moment. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 okay. So trust that people trust you to to do something and to take up that role, and you don't have to fight, you know, over years and so on to 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 build that trust very slowly. Yeah, exactly. And and what is it that you're finding now? So you've got a board. Most of you are volunteers. Perhaps all of you are still volunteers. What's the best part? What's the worst part of leading an organization? Leading an organization with a team in an, in a large NGO. It's 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 an incredible 
feeling and it's an incredible opportunity for you but also for for your ideas that you have i think what's important is that you have to to understand that wherever you are you are not fulfilling a job but you're being elected there as the person who you are so you're not you shouldn't try to to fit into a certain role or into a certain model in the sense of that you should do things exactly the same way as people were doing it before but rather on the contrary that you understand that you are your own person and you believe in what you do and you just stay the way you are and if you do so then you're giving this organization maybe a direction or you have the chance to give this organization a direction that's important to you for example for me feminism is very important or also a connection to, to arts and culture and, and music and so on. So that's also something I'm trying to, to give back to, to that organization. But uh, coming back to your, to your actual question, the, the best thing is, is really about this having this opportunity to, to shape things and to, to represent this organization or this, this group of young people. Wherever, wherever I go, I'm so proud when I can, when I can say that I'm allowed to speak for these 4,000 people, young people who believe in Europe, who are not, who may be frustrated, of course, but who are still believing in the future of Europe and who are willing to fight for a better Europe and who are convinced that another Europe is possible. And that's something which is so, so valuable to me, but I think in general to have something that that's that's for yourself so important yeah that's just beautiful to 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 be there and to, to be the person who's who's there to help to make this this dream or this vision come true mm. yeah and and what's the worst part <laughs> i was hoping you, you forget <laughs> forgot about, about it <laughs> i think the worst yeah i think there is no no really bad part but of course as in every as in every situation there are also things you do not like as much doing and sometimes we have a so for example there's this whole bureaucracy part you have to fight sometimes a lot about money for example or they have to understand like the whole background organization of of organizing things of the whole getting into details about stuff that maybe does not interest you that much but that's still important to to keep an organization running that's maybe some that can be annoying of course i think everybody can can relate to that you always have to do these things that need to be done like in a when you're living somewhere you also have to clean up sometimes or i don't know stuff like that do your grocery shopping do you put the trash out stuff like that it's not it's not mm -hmm. necessarily fun but it's things you have to do yeah Oh, that's a really nice metaphor yes things that you don't like doing but they they you need to get them get them done yeah and so yeah so like a big part of your motivation what i'm hearing and also the best part is this sh shaping something and that you have this mm -hmm. possibility to shape the world around you i think is a big mm -hmm. motivation for people who go into politics in the broader sense what are you finding about how you're able to shape the world around you in your role as you know leading this ngo or as an ngo it, itself as jeff how you know what what are you finding where you really can have an impact on politics on 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 the world around you 
perhaps also where do you see limitations of of that? I do think that still one of the biggest impacts you can have is when you go right to the streets and talk to to real people. So all the grassroots part, everything that every every member, every activist can do actually, because then you, you can see the impact you have immediately. If you talk to a person and this person might have been critical about year before, and then you say, yes, I, I understand why you're critical, but let's look at it from this different perspective. And maybe not Europe is the problem, but the institutions and the governance we have at the moment. And then you see that person is, is being convinced by what you say, that's probably the biggest impact you can have. However, unfortunately, not that's not like really the part that, that I'm doing that often because I'm talking more to politicians and, and to media, but still there. What I've figured over the years is that, that a lot of politicians are also very interested in your opinion because in the end, activists or youth organization as, as Jeff, we consider ourselves as experts for certain topics. So for example, as experts for young people in Europe or for, for European integration questions about European democracy, the future of Europe. And if you, yeah, if you, if you then talk to, to these people who also, people who are really empowering, you have the, the, the task or the chance to, to change something and they are convinced, then this is very much, very much helping. But then of course, maybe just to give also an example, you have some policies that uh, some stuff that we are fighting for since years one of these is to to lower the the age of when you can go voting to to 16 and this is now happening in in germany and of course it's not only because of us but it's the sum of organizations and of people who were fighting for that that brings the change it's the same with the right of women to to finally go voting and like all the good things that happened in the past they only happened because there were a lot of people before who were fighting for this and you really can change something if you keep going and jeff is there since over 70 years and when you look back in how europe looked like in 1949 and when you look at where we are today then of course there's room for improvement a lot of room for improvement, actually, but still the fact that we reached so much during that time and we went a lot more into a more united Europe, that's a whole, that's a huge success already in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And very motivating, right? Because as you say, it's the short and it's the long term. I mean, short term, you go out on the streets as an activist, you can see an immediate impact in your conversations. And then long term as well, you're fighting for something and it takes years, years and years. You might not see the end of it, but then, you know, people who come after you might might then actually see it happen. So it's both of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is it that, I mean, when you are, I know from from from, from talking, not just here on the show, with, with people who are taking responsibility for leadership in the end, you, you're also learning something about yourself. Uh, what, what is it that, that you've learned perhaps in your role in the last years, even as an activist, just as an activist, that you think would be interesting also for listeners to, to hear something, you know, perhaps a development that you've seen yourself taking? Mm -hmm. Well, in general, I would say you learn a lot every day, especially about yourself. But what you really learn is how that you that you have to trust in yourself 
and the things you do. So sometimes, especially when you come into, into this position of leading an organization, that can be very tough because suddenly you have a lot of, or you feel, or I felt, let's talk about from, from what I've, how I perceive that I felt a lot of pressure sometimes, pressure that came mainly from myself because I wanted to do it in the best way possible. I, I felt like that now that people have put this trust in me in, in leading this organization, that I didn't want to disappoint them. And it took me some while to deal with that pressure and to understand that, that, that people trust in me because of who I am and that they are actually asking me for doing things exactly the way I would do them and not any person before me. And having this trust in yourself and, and believing that, of course, relying on talks to other people if, if you don't know where to what, what to do next, then, of course, talking to other people is always helpful. But in the end, I would say trust your gut feeling because that's that's in the end the one you're in, in the end you're responsible for for your decisions and so you should do them with the yeah in a in, in a good way, which is in the way that you would that you would do them do them. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, for, yeah. What comes to come comes to mind for me is like that that you can look yourself into the mirror and then know, okay, you know, I can live with myself and with this decision that I, that I've taken. That's an image that comes to mind. Yes, it's pretty pretty much that. What What is it that you perhaps advise? And and I can imagine in, you're going into a new role and then you're getting advice from all kinds of places. <laughs> perhaps good advice, bad advice, any advice that you found valuable that you would say to anyone who is listening and thinking, I want to take the next step, take more responsibility, do more, any advice that would be helpful, but also perhaps any advice not to listen to, right? Like well-intentioned perhaps, but don't listen to that. Listen to the other advice. Anything there? In addition um, to the yeah, trust that you mentioned, in addition to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me think. I think, well, firstly, it's it's true. You get a lot of advice from, also advice you never asked for from many different perspectives, and I think in general it's always important to listen first, but only that, but but in the end you have to decide whether you're going to follow that advice or not, and I think there comes also back the trust thing because it's not about only people trusting in you or you trusting in yourself but it's also about the people you are trusting so try to find the people whose advice is important for you and who you're trusting for whatever reason and ask them and these people do not need necessarily be need, don't need to be in, in the same organization or close to politics they can also be part of your of your family of, of your friends people who've never have no connection because sometimes it's also important that yeah, you get advice from from the outside because you're very soon you're you find yourself in, in some kind of bubble. So yeah, taking taking advice from from other people from a personal environment maybe, and then don't don't let yourself being rushed into things. Of course, sometimes politics is very it's very fast, and then people sometimes come to you and want you to to make a decision right in that very moment and you feel maybe a little, a little rushed and I would simply say there's always time 
there is always enough time to take a, a well thought through to, to consider stuff with time and to also ask your team so do never forget that you're not alone in whatever you're doing but that you have a team where you can rely on and the, the team that also wants to be asked by you about and yeah wants to be taken into consideration when it comes to deciding on things so that's that would be maybe two advices mm. there yeah trusting your friends listen to you to advices and then also don't let yourself being rushed or pressured by by other people because then again you're doing probably so much you're putting so much pressure yourself on you already you do not need other people to do that as well yeah and it can be counterproductive right and and it's it's so funny right that often we think because we've got this perspective we're in the middle of something so to us it feels like a storm and we need to make these life and death decisions like in the i don't know cuba yeah. missile crisis but we are not so to take yeah. a little bit more yeah. time mm. right also if you want to have like the long-term perspective and you need the breath it's it's not it's not that you're there for for one day but you'll probably stay there at least for your mandate or for another year another two years who knows but you need you need the capacity to to stay there and so that's also maybe maybe that's another advice if you if you allow me but it's very yeah. important to take care yourself in a in a mental health perspective so also that especially when you are on a voluntary basis engaged in an organization um, and you're having work next like proper work where you earn money and and money that keeps your paying your rent then it can be very hard to to find time and i think a lot of activists facing the issue that you invest a lot of time into that organization because it's just also fun but it's super important that you take your breaks from that yeah and to to keep things doing that that are not connected to to actors and to keep yeah to keep yourself also healthy in in that way to disconnect yourself some, sometimes from, mm. from what you're doing yeah is there is there a particular habit or like a routine that that helps you with that that's something that you're doing on a regular basis mm -hmm. um, i try to to have at least one evening in a week that's not yeah what that i reserve to myself for for me or to, for friends or, or stuff like that not to not to the organization not to work i try to do when i when i'm somewhere when i'm going somewhere with jeff i try to save some time also to see what's around me for example the city maybe i am in a city i've never been before so it's also nice to take the opportunity and to to go around it needs it needs planning though if you really want to to find that time you you need to prepare that in advance and you need to plan that and then maybe last thing is that you should always try also to prioritize important private meetings for example i don't know there can be i don't want to make an example because there can be it's, it's very individual thing a very individual perspective but prioritizing things that are important for your friends or your family and where you really want to be there then also over over your organization as important as it might be sometimes but i think in the end 
it's still a voluntary work that we're doing here. And yes, you can have a lot of impact. And yes, it also makes a lot of fun. But sometimes sometimes it's not all, all always dependent on you, on you. So you're not the only one responsible. And that's also why you're a team. Because yeah, in moments where you need someone else to, to handle things, then maybe you can also ask your your team to do something. Mm. Ah, thank you thank you very much for taking the time i wish you all all the best in your in your role and thanks for sharing your stories and and, and also what has helped you and what what you've learned about fulfilling fulfilling your role in, in in the ngo and the young european federalists thanks a lot hey this is daniel thanks for listening i hope you liked the episode please share it with someone who might find it valuable as well and if you have a topic you'd like me to cover or a guest i should talk to let me know you can find out more on my website head over to politicwise.org. Until the next time.